Hello! Welcome! You are listening to the Dungeon Boys' first campaign, Stardust Echoes, and this is episode 6. We hope you are all enjoying our story, and we would like to preface that the show is 1 million percent intended for mature audiences only, because as you all know, we say fuck that. Content warnings can always be found in the episode description. My name is Justine Mowry, and I am your dungeon master for this campaign. A fun fact for you about me is a few house rules that I have created for this story. First being, if the team ever rolls three sevens in a row, a celestial beam will appear to help guide the team, or they will stumble upon something helpful. However, if the team rolls three sixes in a row, a demonic source will appear from the team, or something bad will happen to them. Also, I do cantrips that if they are not damage dealing, they can be used as a bonus action, and the same goes for Torash's breath weapon. And with that, let's go ahead and bring in the team and introduce them. And you guys, why don't you tell them what drew you to wanting to play your character? What's going on, everyone? It is Grant Lewandowski here, and I play Kathal Tordash, the Golden Dragonborn Barbarian. Um, one of the big things that gravitated me towards being a Golden Dragonborn Barbarian was the fact that I just wanted to smash shit. I mean, I <laughs> was playing rogues and a couple other you know a couple other like sneaky kind of like oh i gotta prance around do this do that nah i just wanted to feel like i just needed to just bash my forehead through something and just get really fucking mad at everything so and then i thought a golden dragonborn would have been fucking sick so that's why i want to be a gold dragonborn barbarian i feel so attacked right now the, the look on Lindsay's <laughs> face <laughs> <laughs> holy shit <laughs> Like, Baba, she was like, Excuse you, what? Uh, point, point <laughs> on me, what? Hey, guys, um, my name's Arlen. <laughs> 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 my name is Arlen. I play the winged tiefling warlock, uh, Valen. What really kind of drew me to playing a winged tiefling is one, I wanted to fly and be able to have that ability without having any magic, and then. But while at the same time, I've never really played any kind of spellcasting or anything with magic. So I felt like this would be a kind of a good intro into that role, which um, presenting a lot of challenges. Just, you know, there's a lot you can pick from and uh, understanding your, the path you need to take as a warlock uh, kind of starts at ground zero. So it's very interesting, but I'm having a good time with it. Um, hi there. My name is Ellie. I play Pants, the Cobalt Artificer. Um, on Stardust Echoes, I really wanted to play something that was a little bit out of the box and not really seen a lot, so I chose kind of the, one of the newer characters to be put in for 5th edition, which is a Cobalt, um, and I wanted to try something really cool, like an Artificer, so mash those two together and you get my wonderful character, Pants. Hey everyone, I'm Dylan. I play Temple, the Warforged Monk. Uh, I, I really liked the idea of a, a robotic monk. Uh, I, I wasn't really sure where this character would go or how I would I would play them, um, but I, I think he he's becoming his own kind of guy, and I, 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 I like I like the 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 contrast between someone who's like I don't know. Uh, spiritual and full of life and and you know accommodating and warm mixed with just cold galvanized steel so uh, i'm excited to see where he goes and i'm glad you all are listening to find out too hey all you cool cats and kittens out there i'm Lindsay, and i play <laughs> i play six the tabaxi rogue and I chose um, being a rogue for this. Well, I well first of all, who doesn't want to be a cat lady? And for seconders, um, I wanted to be a rogue. Um, so primarily so that I could prance around and be um, mysterious and sneaky. And I mean, also, they really just 
kill the shit out of stuff, which I appreciated too, which I really just wanted. <laughs> I really just wanted to be a cat lady version of Spike Spiegel. Hi, uh, I'm Anthony Morrow. I play Grayson Cato, the half-elf ranger uh, on Dungeon Boys Stardust Echoes. Um, uh, what drew me to playing a ranger is uh, the the first character I played in 5e uh, back when I was doing a Tomb of Annihilation campaign was a ranger. Um, and the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything sourcebook completely revamped and updated the ranger rules um, to make them a lot more balanced with the other classes because uh, kind of the big complaint with rangers from the player handbook is that everything they did other classes did a lot better um and so tasha's really kind of revamped the class and made them uh, a unique play style uh outside of what they already were so i really wanted to give that a shot plus um i guess spoilers for when we hit level three the subclass i'm taking is from uh Fizzman's treasury of dragons so it's a brand new ranger sub subclass and i'm very excited to to kind of delve into that uh so yeah if you want to hear more about any of our D, D stories and our characters and anything else we're doing subscribe to our patreon we have a patreon specific ama that we did uh it's a little over an hour long and you really get to know more about all of us and our characters and who we are as people and with that the dungeon boys proudly present stardust echoes Last episode, the crew of the Ripple learned of the Council's hidden, brutal, and bloodied history, and made quick decisions not to tell anyone about their discovery until they could decide what to do. While attempting to leave these caves filled with long-forgotten knowledge, the team stealthily spotted a goblin band blocking their exits. With a quick call to Tarawin using her robo-stones, the team decided to try to find a way to get to her using the underground network of tunnels. With a few unique mushrooms added to their packs, they quickly met a fork in the caves, in which a proud hellhound guarded one of the passageways. Grayson, trying his best to perform his duty as the chief security officer, shot at the hellhound, yet it wouldn't back down, nor would it attack. After Six and Valen worked together to offer it food, they quickly realized this creature was a mother, guarding her young. Grayson continued to shoot despite this realization, and Valen slammed him into a wall, telling him to stop. Six's ears perked, and she noticed Valen's voice change. She quickly called him out. Valen shook her off, and now the team has split within the cave. Six and Grayson stand together in a large cavern, discussing Valen's vocal changes. Pants, Temple, and Valen explore a smaller tunnel with a set of doors, and Torash waits somewhere in the middle, listening out for whoever may need help. We'll go ahead and start with Six and Grayson. Watch out for eyelash bats. Ah! Eyelash bats! We were, we were told to watch out for their kind. Uh, Grayson and Six, you... It smells a little off in here. Not necessarily like rotten or bad, but it, it smells almost like acidic. Yeah. And there's dripping water that splashes down, but it doesn't really, like, come up from the sludge. Almost like it's, like, taking everything in. And the old bones are starting to brown and crack with withered age. But then there's these, like, cute little yellow mushroom lights that kind of scatter the area, too, so you can see everything. Uh, Grayson, you come in, you observe the area as you got there first, and Six starts to approach behind you. Six? Who hired you to kill me? You really want to get into that now? Yeah, I do. Well, I can't tell you. Is that like a assassin 
client confidentiality thing? Because I think we're a little bit past that at this point. No. I can't tell you. Because I don't know. How do you not know? I don't know. Because I don't remember. How, how do you not remember who hired you to kill me? That seems like a pretty important thing to remember. I think it's a pretty important thing to remember. I would agree with you. After I died, a lot of things were a little hazy and didn't come back to me completely. I didn't even remember you and, until I saw your dragon tattoo. And then it, it all kind of jogged my memory that you were familiar. I didn't totally know how you were familiar. And then you were very unkind to me. And then you made mention of me trying to kill you, and then it, then it, I put all the pieces together, and it made a little bit more sense. But I don't know. I don't remember. I'm sorry. But again, like I told you before, money's money. And in the business that I'm in, you gotta do what you gotta do. Maybe it's time to find a new business, Six. Why do you think I'm here? Fair enough. Well, hey, if you do remember anything, I'd like to know who has a bounty on my head. Yeah, you'll be the you'll be one of the first people I tell. How's that sound? Sounds great. Come on, we should probably get back to the group. Okay. For now, acquaintances. Mildly more than acquaintances? How's that sound? Mildly more than acquaintances sounds just fine. And Six reaches her hand out to shake his hand. Grayson grabs it. She even provides him with a little back slap. Okay, so we're gonna stop that moment. Okay, so Pants opened the second door to see a kobold, a red kobold, standing over a work table with a drill in one hand and big fat goggles on the other. And he looked up a snarl creeping on his face and said, who the fuck are you? And all he sees is a small blue kobold and a metal warforged behind. He does not see Valen at this point because Valen's around the corner. Payance looks at the kobold and... His eyes are huge and his and his whole life flashes before him, realizing the only other kobold he's ever seen since the moment he was hatched was his mother. And she made choices to stay with the dwarves. And Pants kind of has like a flashback of that story of of the moment that his destiny was decided of when his mother escaped the harsh conditions to make sure her egg had a better life and when she'd landed on the planet of the dwarves. Althea cuts into a back alley behind some shop dwellings after departing the cargo bay airport. An announcement overhead calls out, Welcome to Sorix N56, a mechanic's delight. Althea scuffles through the alleyway, clutching a blue speckled egg, her only cargo apart from her worn leather toolkit. Her purple scaly skin shimmers in the walls of light that sheds through between buildings while she carefully tiptoes over boxes and cobbled stone. She's panicked due to the state of the egg, which has started to jiggle and jar about. It's time for him to hatch. Drat! Now is not the time, little one. I have yet to find a safe place for us. Can't you just wait a moment? The egg ignores this plea as a crack appears at the top of it. Oh, I see how it's going to be. She spins around and spots a shed that seems abandoned but weatherproofed enough to stay warm. She approaches carefully and notices a lock on the latch of the door. Hmm, I should be able to make quick work of this dwarfish lock, little one. I can pick these in my sleep. She inspects the lock carefully and pulls out a little leather pouch with pick tools inside. The lock is small but heavy with two little holes for a double-pronged key. On second thought, this may take a moment. 
Before she begins, she places the vibrating egg into a sling she has wrapped around her and slides it around to her back to, so she can work. Althea begins delicately picking the lock. She unlocks one of the mechanisms, but the second one proves more difficult and seems to be imbued with some magic. She soon becomes frustrated and curses under her breath. Damn dwarves and their gluttonous appreciation for safety protocols. Why must everything be under lock and key? It makes everything so... so... Inefficient? Althea jumps a foot in the air and turns around to meet the, face, the, meet the faces of five curious dwarves. She hisses at them and thinks of her hatching egg and immediately wraps her arms around her back. The dwarves take note of this but say nothing. The dwarf who startled Althea steps forward as the others stay back and watch the scene. I thought the same way until today after I saw you snooping around our storehouse. The dwarf motions at a tiny cube at the top corner of the back door of their workshop. The cube had a small lens aimed right at the shed. Althea says nothing. The dwarf glances over at the lock and notices her work. Well fuck, you got quite far on that lock. That is some of the best shit you're trying to break into there. Such a waste to use such talent on stealing other people's goods, but I wouldn't expect any less from a scavenging kobold such as yourself. The dwarf comes closer. Althea steps back and pulls the egg around to her front as her back approaches the shed door. She sees that none of the dwarves are armed. I could outrun them after a firebolt destruction, she thought. She starts to ignite her chest. The dwarves' eyes widen as they brace for impact. As soon as Althea opens her mouth, she promptly gulps the fire back down. She looks down into her arms to find the top of her egg has popped clean off, revealing two cute little brown horns. The dwarves lean in with the same curiosity as before. A tiny blue snout and two big yellow eyes slowly peer out of the top of the shell. The little face looks around, blinking with wonder at the bearded faces in front of him. The dwarves soften immediately and coo and awe at the new little soul. Althea, relieved, lets her guard down for a moment and sheds a few tears at the sight of her newborn. The confronting dwarf reflects on what has just happened and decides to give the situation a different approach. <clears throat> I see now that we have jumped to the wrong conclusion. My apologies. Uh, what should I call you? Althea? She looks up, hoping that wasn't a mistake. The dwarf smiles and looks back at his goo-goo-eyed group and back to Althea. Well, Althea, it seems you're in need of a place to stay, and we just so happen to have a spare room. Oh, no, no, we couldn't. We could not impose on you fellows. Oh, of course, the board ain't free, but we do have an opening for a tinkerer's assistant. That scruffy fucker over there has broken his wrist in a freak wiring accident and can't work, you see. Althea sees a dwarf in the back of the group raise a casted arm with an embarrassed look on his face. I'll take your lockpicking work as your interview, and we'll be happy to hire you for the time being. Meals and board as your payment, of course. Althea, shocked at the generosity of these five dwarves, looks down at her tiny blue newborn who has just discovered his tail and starts breaking the rest of his shell away with it. I suppose this will have to do, a little one. The baby coos and squeaks up at his mom and hiccups a bit of magma onto the ground. Thank you very much, Mr. Dwarf. I will work very hard for you. I have much skill in artificer magic as well as tinkering and blacksmithing. I'm sure I will be a great fit for your establishment. Ah, great. It's fucking mind-numbing with just the five of us. And based on the ridiculous look on these greasy bastards' faces, I don't think you'll be hurting for childcare. Althea is brought to tears by this and approaches the dwarf. She reaches her free end out to him and they shake on it. The other four dwarves cheer, and they all walk back to the shop's back door. The dwarf with the injured wrist walks alongside Althea, twiddling his finger at the little blue kobold. You know I have a pair of old pence that might make a nice sling for the little booger as we work. That way we can keep an eye on the little one. Althea crinkles her nose at the thought of her baby being slung in a pair of used dwarf trousers, but then she thinks it's the thought that counts. I said, who the fuck are you? The kobold snaps pants back to attention from the memory, and his eyes get big and a big toothy smile appears on pants' face as he gets to finally meet another kobold. Pants looks 
at the cobalt immediately and his eyes get really big and he just like stands up really straight and he like starts patting temple on the arm like temple temple is that is that a cobalt temple is that is that another cobalt yeah they're a cobalt just like you they're red but just like you yes and at that point he goes and he goes and starts yelling in draconic so if anyone in this group understands draconic you would understand he says he goes get out here now and i'm assuming pants you are a kobold so you probably speak draconic pants goes pants goes oh oh right and he goes (laughs) he did he did say i would like to preference he did say what the fuck in common so you know he speaks both but you say it back. What do you say to and him? Pan, so Pants does that, and he says, um, he says, oh, I see you, that this is all, <laughs> he says this in Draconic. Like, oh, I see we're speaking Draconic now. It's nice to meet you. I Wait, wait, wait. I have cards for this. And he pulls out cards and goes. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out. So, <laughs> oh, he pulls out cards. He pulls out cards, and these ones, they're his color-coded cards, and these ones are um, blue. And he goes in draconic. He's like, hello, fellow cobalt. It's finally nice to meet another one of my kind. And then he asks him, are all cobalts in these primary colors such as us, like red and blue? Or are there lots of different colors of us? And then that's all I say. <laughs> Roll persuasion. Roll for having. <laughs> For having a decent conversation with the kobold. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Good job, Pants. First persuasion roll of the campaign. Woohoo. That, oh, that is that right? true. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ah, Let's there we go. go. Oh, it was either going to be a 2 or an 18. Oh, so close to being a 2. Nice. <laughs> 18. Okay, so it's 18. Okay. So you say that, and he he immediately had grabbed a dagger with his drill. But then you started talking, and he was like, and kind of like leans back and is like, and like in draconic, and basically says like, "What the fuck are you doing here, little one?" Oh, um, I'm on a journey to make new friends. This is one of them right here. His name is Temple, and um, he's a warforge. Can you believe that? Have you ever seen a warforge before? Isn't he so cool and shiny? The the kobold smiles a big toothy smile. Flips his dagger once and goes, I have met a couple of Warforges in my time. Right at that moment, moment, Valen, to your right, the other door bursts open and another kobold runs out with a dagger held high. Okay, I um hold my uh I hold my pistol up. I draw my pistol and aim it. I'm like, hey, stop! Right there. To my right, it'll be uh pants and temple and i'm kind of in front and i see that happen so like there's that weird like gap between them and the door where i draw my pistol and draw my aim at the at the other cobalt that came out i'm like hey stop right there freeze torash roll perception with advantage oh word okay definitely needed it <laughs> i have rolled the same thing either way uh to six <laughs> twice not only that you rolled two sixes so if the next roll is a six something real oh, fun's gonna oh happen fuck. shit because my house my home roll is if you roll three sixes in a row something happens <gasps> either bad to the party or a demonic force is would, would it have to be me specifically or anyone anyone okay so torash you are really inspecting your light sword it seems to be turning on and off lately and weird and you did not <laughs> hear this happening <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then valen you have your pit blaster pointed at him and the the kobold that just ran out goes and like draconic and says what do i do and only both both kobolds and pants can understand this temple actually has i didn't know what languages to pick for temple so i picked draconic and gnomish gnomish i'm so sorry no it's okay yeah i don't i didn't know what to pick so you can understand all this too valen you're at a complete loss of what's happening i just see a kobold coming out with a knife 
Oh yeah, uh, Temple to the the one who kicked out, kicked the door open on the third room. Uh, it says in Draconic, "We mean no harm. We're no threat. We're just explorers. Uh, we just made a new friend in this room, and we'd be happy to make another friend with you." Wait, 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 Temple, you know Draconic? Holy shit! Crazy, right? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. The one that just came out again hasn't heard his friend reply. So again, he goes, ah, like, what do I do? And then you hear, just wait from this other one. In common? And he does say, just wait in common. I will, I will always take advantage to do weird, made up weird voice things if I can. <laughs> so trust me, you'll know if it's <laughs> in it. I think we like kind of back away from the yeah. door to let Red out and, uh, yeah, I think give everybody a little bit of room. When I when I when I hear him say just wait, I lower my I put my blaster away. And I put my hands up. Okay. Pants peers into the workshop that the first cobalt came out of, or I'm not assuming sorry, I'm assuming it's a workshop, but he peers into the room that the cobalt came out of. It is like a workshop. Oh, can he like look in what's going on in there? Yeah, he's definitely standing in the doorway. He hasn't come out for sure. Um go ahead and roll perception for me. And at this point, while you're kind of peering in. The other one goes, and then he, he looks at his friend, and even though he knows that some of you speak Draconic, he says in Draconic, I smell Dragonborn, and they, he seems very tense by that. Uh, okay, okay, I want to play that out after I roll this perception and see what's going on in the room. Absolutely. Uh, roll. Roll a six. Roll a six. Oh, roll God, a no. six. I rolled, pants oh, rolled a so four. Close. So close. We were so Shit. close. <laughs> You, it, it just looks like a hunk of junk in a room. He might have been looking at a piece of scrap metal and drilling into it. Maybe, like, making more, like, weird walls, like, on this cave wall that you saw. But nothing nothing crazy. Um, okay, so he hears um, the other cobalt. So you hear him say, I, sm- I smell dragonborn, and you perk up. Yeah, and I perk up, and I go, oh, yeah, he's just back that way. You want to meet him? Oh, God. Hey, Torash, get over here. <laughs> He- <laughs> right when he said yeah. that, he pulls out a sword, and at that, so Six and Grayson are kind of walking around the corner, make eyes with Torash, and then all three of them hear Pants yell, Hey, Torash, get over here. So the three of you come over and see Valen with his hands up, Temple and Six kind of standing back, and two kobolds, one with a dagger he's flipping over and over, not necessarily aggressively, but just, just like flipping... Flipping his dagger over and over. So let's go ahead and have some reaction moments of Torash first. What do you see slash react? And then we'll have the other two go. So I just have my sword hilt in my hand. And I'm assuming because of my dragonborn race that it's kind of like an innate thing that I know that they speak draconic. Yeah, you wouldn't know. But I would say naturally you probably feel like they do. You can try it if you want. Okay. Yeah. Um. In, in draconic, I'll kind of do like a... I'll just say, what's, what's the meaning of all this? And they both go, and kind of like hiss at you and take a step backwards. Well, can I hiss like that? <laughs> we just made some new friends, Torash. I don't think they're friends, Temple. Okay, and then Grayson, six, what are your reactions? I raise my rifle uh, at the lead kobold. And I say, everybody put down their weapons now or I will shoot. I'd listen to him. He's kind of gun crazy, if you know what I mean. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Roll intimidation for me. Can I go with advantage because Pants is helping? Trying (laughs) to convince them that I'm scared. No. Because they're they're confused. They're confused because Pants just said that they want to be friends. And then you're just coming at them. Or normally I would give it to you, but because of that, they're like absolute because they don't trust pants now. Aw. Jesus. Seventeen? Pull the seventeen other way. Way to go, Grayson. <laughs> uh he looks at you like mid flip of his dagger, and instead of catching it, he puts his hands up and it just goes straight to the ground. And he goes, Easy there. I thought we were talking about friendship. I don't know what we're talking about here, but you are threatening in my from my point of view, you are threatening my friends with weapons, and I don't take kindly to that. Grayson, in a show of good faith, you should lower your weapon now as well. Is the other one still holding a dagger? 
No. Okay. I, without looking at Temple, I just kind of nod and slowly lower my rifle. Not completely, but it's not like aimed at him. Any, it's not aimed at that kobold anymore, but it's not like, you know, completely relaxed in my hands or anything like that either. They look at each other and look at you all and go, Well, now that the tension has released quite a bit, uh, what are you doing in our caves? There aren't supposed to be people on this planet, so you can feel our shock, I'm sure. Well, we could ask you the same question. What are you doing hiding behind doors like that? Mm, I make people of even smaller stature pay for that answer. But you are a kobold. I wonder why you hang with these other folk. Well... Actually, this is my first time seeing another cobalt besides, you know, my mom who hatched me from an egg. So uh, it's uh, it's kind of shocking to me, too, I guess. The minute you say that, the other cobalt goes like in warning to his friend. And the other one like puts his hand up like, stop, like I'm handling this kind of a thing. And he goes, first time seeing another cobalt. Our kind usually run together. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I heard stories of different clans. I am not technically a part of anyone that I can think of or I'm aware of, but uh, how many of you are there? Better question, who leads all of you? Any gestures to your group? Well, I just kind of met these guys a little bit ago. I kind of showed up in a box. So, uh, I don't really know exactly what we're doing here, but I'm here now, so... <laughs> And he says, well, uh, since you just met them, why not stick with your own kind? And he, like, puts his hand out and is like, come, why don't you join us? Well, uh, that's really tempting, but I'm kind of on a grand adventure to make some friends. Uh, and I'm just going to stick with these guys for a while. But I really appreciate the accommodations here. It's quite nice. It's all dark and stuff. Good call, Pants. These guys aren't <laughs> really that friendly. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting that a little bit. <laughs> And they're, as they're talking, they're slowly, very slowly stepping so that they're closer and closer together. Like, and you notice their features are extremely similar. They, they probably look like they could be twins or from the same egg, egg batch. Egg batch. Grayson has slowly been making his way up towards this as well, so he's not so far back. Um, and he kind of steps in between um, Pants and Valen. Okay, so we have pants on the ground looking up at these kobolds with temples slightly askew to the back. Then we have Grayson in the middle with a gun that's barely lowered and Valen with slightly flared wing wings looking at them. Bringing up the rear is Torash and Six. Easy there, friends. Our ship crash landed on this planet. We're just looking for Odin crystals to get our systems back up so we can get back in the air and off this rock. We mean you no harm unless you mean us harm or block our way and we will put you in the ground. Wow. <laughs> Odin crystals? Yes. We are always willing to trade. Do you have Odin crystals? I don't know about my compatriots here, but genuinely I am always willing to trade goods and money more than bullets, so. Yes, uh, you. Elven one with the silverish hair. Why don't you follow us? Follow me. And he walks back into the room. Kind of gesturing to you. The other one does not. Uh, I kind of look over at Temple, shrug, and <laughs> with my rifle still trained, not at the back of this one, the one that just walked into the room, but still kind of like, you know, ready to do like a quick draw thing if I need to. Um, and while I'm entering the room, I'm just going to do a quick look around to see if I see anything nefarious while I Across the threshold or anything immediately dangerous to me. Okay, so the minute you walk in the room, the other one kind of steps in front of the door, arms crossed, like they're having a private conversation. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Go ahead and roll. I, I think with your high, you have a high enough perception that you would have seen the same thing Pants does. Um, it kind of just looks like a fucking hunk of junk. Okay, but I would like you to roll investigation. Okay. Uh, Grayson rolled a fourteen investigation. Um, it looks like he's punching holes in the metal, like little circular type holes. Okay. Besides that, you don't really see anything. 
he looks at you and he kind of snakes his head around, looks out to see his brother guarding and goes, so what are you really here for? What pirate faction? Or are you slavers? Or neither. I am a dragon rider of Moss. I'm here on a security detail for a mission to this planet from the council. We crashed. We're trying to leave. Well, last dragonborn that entered a few weeks ago tried to kill us. So you being a dragon martyr of Moss doesn't really add up. We're going to ask you get you get out of our space immediately. You would be unwise to threaten me or any of us. And that is a threat. Hey, roll intimidation. Uh, another 17. Damn. Nice. He looks like he was about to laugh, but then he kind of saw this glare in your eye. And his tail creeps between his legs and a slow, a low involuntary hiss kind of out of his throat. And he goes, get out of our space. And then he, but he looks really cowardly and he tries to walk around you to his brother. I kind of like, not like full on clothes item, but put my arm to stop him. And I say, this interaction doesn't have to be this. It can be mutually beneficial to each party involved. We do need Odin crystals. Our ship does need to be repaired, and we could leave you with supplies and money if you want. May I talk to my brother in private? Absolutely. And Grayson lets him pass, then follows out behind him. Okay. He says in Draconic, which two of you recognize, or three of you recognize now, the others don't. They go in, they close the door. Also, Grayson, thanks for not, you know, shooting those people, those, those kobolds. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I do actually have a moral center. Well, that's really good to know. <laughs> Wild animals, I will shoot. People, I'll try to talk to first. Got it. And he opens up his little notebook and he writes, it, writes that down. Keeping tabs on all <laughs> his stonks. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, Taurus would just like to walk up to the door and and see if they uh, listen and see if I can hear them like scurrying around and trying to escape. Taurus, you push your big, weird, golden, scaly face. I don't know if you have ears. I don't think you do. Up against the door Fuck. and roll perception for me with advantage because you're pressing your head oh. against Ooh. the door. Thank God it's advantage. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, you fucker! You fucking <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Uh, with advantage, charge rolled a seven. Yeah, doesn't you don't hear anything except slight muttering. Can uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was just gonna say, can I hear what they're saying? But no, <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I'm gonna turn. To, I'm a Torash. Uh, you getting anything? I can't. I can't understand what they're saying. I think they're they're speaking too quietly, and this door's too thick. I get the feeling that they want to. Pull one over on us, but I also get that they're somewhat fearful as well. Right when Temple says that lovely sentence, you hear slam from inside the room. Uh, Taurus would like to bust the door, though. Roll strength. Or athletics. Oh, you fucker. Again. (laughs) (sighs) What'd you roll? Taurus rolled a 13. No, that's good. You definitely bust it down. These are old, decrepit, moldy caves. Yeah, don't, it was, but it was on don't a. Don't hurt yourself yeah. before you know the results. There. No, because I have the 3D dice on, and it fucking hopped on the 18, and then it popped over to the, oh. popped over to the nine. I was like, you no fucker, dude. Goddamn yeah. dice. <laughs> um, yeah, you bust it down. Boom, easily. The room is empty. Fuck. Can I see if there is any like of their footprints or like like a like a doorway of some sort? I know all of you are going to want to inspect the room. So here's what I'm going to say. Everyone roll investigation. Torash with advantage. Because he was the first one in. Let's go. So my first roll with investigation was a 10. Uh, with advantage, uh, the higher one, uh, my investigation was 18. Temple rolled a 9. Pants rolled a 6. Grayson rolled a 14. Uh, Valen rolled a 14. Uh, six rolled a 20. So you all kind of rush in the room. Torash on the lead. He kind of notices to the right wall, there is a 
imprint like a, like it almost like it was like dust was removed from that area and he focuses really deeply on it six notices his focus and goes up to the wall and starts slightly feeling with her claws and notices there is a slide of a trap door hmm someone check the someone check that third door where that other cobalt went see if they they went into the other room oh got it i'll run out you run into that room there's nothing there. It's empty. It's like the first room. It's just like a rock, a rock area. Oh, for two. Six, can you try and open this door? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like we got a trap door here. You need me to roll something? Okay, so you, you put your claws in. You try to open it. It's definitely not able to open. You can try to use your thieves tools if you'd like. Ooh, it's it's... Pretty locked, so uh, how about I get on my thieves, thieves tools and see if I can break in. So it's almost a rock. It's like a rock next to a rock. There's a slight crack, and with Six's cat's pupil slits, she can see there's a slight, a slight little jingly on through the rock if she wants to try to open mm -hmm. It's 20. You jingle it. You jingle it. You try to go, it doesn't open. Oh. Yeah. Wow, it's a high DC. It's pretty stuck. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, it doesn't seem to be budging with my, with my thieves tools, guys. Sorry, pants. All right, well, we'll just let them go. If we run into, if we run into them, pants, I'm sorry, but their heads may be, uh, not attached to their bodies. Yeah, that's okay. I guess there's lots of cobalt out there. This is my first time meeting some of them, so that's totally fine. Whatever. They didn't seem very nice anyways. <laughs> is Pants having an existential crisis? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Pants just had a last unicorn moment. <laughs> well, let me try something. Um, and I take out my two hilts for my uh, energy short swords. And I click them together and to make like a, a larger handle. And then I ignite it and it ignites as a long sword instead of two short swords. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. Sick. Right. And um, I'm going to just try to hit the lock with the sword. Oh, this is like some straight Jagon. What's his name? Jagon? No, I'm Qui Gon Jin, Qui -Gon Jin from yes. the first one. Like when he like goes through the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you put it, you start it, so, so Grayson comes up, he puts the hilt, clicks it, go ahead and roll your weapon. Ooh, natural one. Fuck! Ooh, natural one, let's go. <laughs> oh. So you go, and you put it, you click it, and it actually bounces back. It almost, like, it's like the metal of it hits you. I want you to roll a d4 of damage to yourself. There we go, oh, four. You take four damage to your face. Great. Is there is there anything magical about the door? Roll Arcana for me. I'm gonna try to hit the lock one more time. Roll strength for me. With, with the sword. With the sword. Twenty two. To hit. Do you you just like hit it like with the with the the base? I'm using my sword to hit the lock to try to break the lock. Oh, so instead of just going through. I wasn't trying to go through. I I was never trying to go through, I was trying to break the lock. Okay, then let me re-explain. I apologize. So you see two pieces of rock with a crack. Through the crack, about three inches, on the other side, you see a lock. Okay. So you'd have to go... That's why I thought you were, like, putting the hilt and then trying to go through to hit gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay, then yeah. Then yeah, that. Whatever I can do to try to hit the lock to break the lock is what I'm trying to do. So you reach up and you go down. Nothing happens, sadly, but a part of the rock chips off. Okay. And then what was Arlen's thing again? Um, I rolled a 12. Now that you can tell. Okay. I am going to walk up, and then I'm going to... That's where the lock is at. And I'm going to look at everybody and be like, um, you might want to stand back. Ugh. And I'll put my hand on the lock. I'll step out of the room. And I'm going to try to Eldritch Blast it, point blank. But the lock's, the lock's on the inside of the door, Did so you'd you have to... just see... Yeah. So you're more or less trying to get it through like a gap like this. Yes. Yeah. My hand is right there. I'm just, just going to try to force as much to that little crack and see 
Alright, it was nice knowing you. It was nice knowing you, Valen. You know, I, I do have a, a crowbar, if if that would help. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, El- or Roll Elders Boss. Okay. <laughs> Justine is so fucking pissed. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm extremely entertained. Because I have DCs in my head for what makes it fail because the way it, it is. Because the way it is. <laughs> the way it is. I'm still trying to figure out what the goal is. What are we doing? <laughs> We're just trying to chase after them. <laughs> okay. Temple doesn't uh, want to do that. Well, he already wait, said, let's let him go. That is, um, that's a 19. You Eldritch Blast and then hold your head back as it just kind of hits the door or the wall and it kind of goes through, but it doesn't break anything. Like none of the walls or anything breaks? Oh, wait, actually, wait, that was, uh, that's to roll the hit. I didn't roll damage. Yeah, it didn't hit. Okay. It has an extremely high DC if you guys haven't figured yeah. out. Uh, Gray- Grayson was... I mean, I rolled a 20, he rolled a 22. I think they're long gone by now, guys. I think we should just move along. Yeah. If we, if we see him again, we'll kill him then. Or whatever, make new friends with him. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank that's you. Right. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Okay. The group now has the option to walk forward. There's one door not opened and then a path that continues on. If not, they can head back to the skeletal-like cavern with the goop. The smelly goop. Smelly goop. goop yeah, I think Temple opens the fourth door just to be thorough. The fourth door is locked. Hmm. Six, are you interested in getting into this room too? Because I might yeah, need your you guys, help. You guys want me to... <laughs> Try and bust this boy open also. So, six plus six, right? Sixteen plus six. Twenty-two. Yeah, it, literally, six blinks her eyes, l- looks at Temple, looks back, and it instantly opens. She got it so easily. And you see a room with three tables and small... How, like, think of dice bags, like small bags. There's probably about four per table on them. In the bag. What's in the bags? What's in the bags? What's in the bags? Pants sneaks in um, underneath, past their legs, and goes, oh, Loot! Loot. <laughs> 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 yeah, Pants, you start g- grasping your little fingers all over. These are all full of different types of seeds. <gasps> so oh, interesting. I want a bag of seeds. I got a bag of seeds. So there's twelve. There's twelve bags total. I I realize that Temple has an uh, alchemist and herbalism kits. Cool. That would have probably come in handy with the mushrooms. I forgot that (laughs) I had those mushroom mushrooms. They could still come in handy, but um, I mean, maybe I could take a sec. I don't know if that takes time that we don't have, but. What are you asking to do with the seeds? Uh, identify them. With what tool was it? That's the part I missed. I oh, I have an herbalism kit and an al- and uh, alchemist supplies. So probably the herbalism kit. Or we could just look at the bag and see if they're labeled or anything. Yeah, if they're labeled. Temple, do you have a higher check in medicine or nature? Uh, medicine. Roll medicine for me on these. You can roll, how about this? Because you have those kits, roll medicine with advantage. If, if that's kosher, sure. Absolutely. I'm the DM. I run this world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Temple rolled a 10 at first, but with advantage, rolled a 14. So Temple looks at the seeds. He notices some seeds that are native to this planet that he'd already noticed while the walk along. Some that are rare and used for planets in need. But then he notices one bag. The golden bag from the back. They're all open, by the way, so you can see the seeds. And he notices two seeds from the rare flower that Terwin had collected in her greenhouse. Yeah, uh, Temple just, it, it, as he's identifying, he's just speaking out loud. He's just relaying data as he's taking it in, so everyone everyone knows what we've got here. Um, I'm like, um, grab, grab, grab the gold bag. Those can make us go invisible. Terwin will find those very useful. Yeah, Terwin would love that. Just got the bag. Yeah, you're right. She would. It yeah. sounds like we need whatever she does with those seeds to turn our ship invisible to get past the space Leviathan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Maybe so, maybe we can trade that for for the uh, live flower that she has now. Yeah. So Temple takes the uh, golden seeds. He has those in his possession. Uh, and do we do we want these other ones too? Yeah. I would at least grab yeah, a bag, give it to Tara when she could all. probably find find a little bit of use for them. Take them all. They're probably setting off traps right now. But set should up, we leave all. one of the seeds, the golden seeds, for the kobolds? Well, no. Fuck those kobolds at this point. But this yeah, is we, their we, home. We tried. We tried no. making a deal. So we're gonna we're gonna really quick go back a second. I need everyone to leave the table except Grayson. Okay. So you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? So you see him pick this yeah. up, and then you hear a whisper. It almost like tickles down your spine, of a familiar voice of the demon Territh. Well, well, well. Looks like you are already finding things of value for me, little Kato. Perfect for what I have in store for us. Grayson fully pretends that he doesn't hear it. Oh, fuck yeah, I love that. And then you hear... (laughs) And then we will stop. Thank you so much for listening to episode six. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed filming it and playing it. If you're enjoying our show, we really would appreciate any and all support. Give us a like, subscribe. You can find us on any social media. We're at the Dungeon Boys, spelled B-O-I-Z. You'll get to see some amazing art um, from myself, a couple of the artists in the actual cast, and tons of great fan art. You'll see fun trivia quotes of the day from the, the show itself. If you're looking for a little bit of spice back, uh, we recommend checking out our Patreon. We have all kinds of giveaways happening over there, behind the scenes with the cast, blooper reels that I can't listen to without literally coming to tears, and so much more. That being said, we're so grateful to you, all the boys out there, and we hope that you have a phenomenal next two weeks and catch the next episode. It's one of our favorites to date. Have a good one.